Welcome to this episode of You'll Never Talk Alone. I'm your friend Joseph Craven, and all hope has been abandoned on the podcast. We are all a bunch of miserable people living a miserable life here um, in our YNTA offices. The first miserable person to join me on the podcast tonight is Alex. Alex, how miserable are you? Um, You know, I'm about a, a Kingdom Hearts 1 level Eeyore. <laughs> Ugh. God. It, the only thing that could have been more miserable than that was Kingdom Hearts level one gummy ship building system. Oh, I didn't even bother with that. I didn't even bother. <laughs> it's like here's a here's a interesting game mechanic. Oh, it backfired tremendously. <laughs> ah, whatever. Let's keep it in every other game. It's it's surely no, it's this fine. is this is really relatable content here. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hey, look, if our listeners haven't played the entirety of the Kingdom Hearts series in order, then they don't need to be listening. I think that's just a prerequisite. Well, here's the, okay, here's the well, question. I guess mean, I'm signing off here. <laughs> do you mean chronological <laughs> order? Or, uh, well, I don't think he can rejoin. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew has left the podcast recording session. He is gone. Uh Props to him for standing up to, you know, for his beliefs, to his beliefs. That's what I was about to say. Um, that's a, it's a shame that we've, that we've lost Andrew on, on account of, oh no, Andrew's back. Hey, Andrew. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not leaving forever. I just have to beat Kingdom Hearts. I just did it. <laughs> is it all right. Good. Good. Andrew is a strict uh, release order truther, not a chronological order truther. Wow. Wow. Bold move. All right, Andrew. I don't know. How miserable are you tonight? I'm not. I I I uh, I never thought that Man U was ever going to win no. this game, especially after the weekend. It's not our best shot here, so I'm not miserable. Thought Man City would be up for it. I'm good. I'm great. I'm actually not all that miserable either. Yeah, it's it's getting more and more anxiety inducing as we get closer to the end of the season, just hoping and praying that city screws up in some level and Liverpool keeps winning all their matches. <laughs> like it just sucks that we have to hope for both of them. Um, I, I had a conversation. I, I could like send you guys screenshots of like exactly when it happened because I texted this friend earlier today, but on March 31st was about the time I believe that United lifted the interim manager tag on old Gunner. Uh, it's a, It was not long after that, and I had a friend who made a comment um, about, uh, you know, how I don't know. I guess he made a comment about like how he liked the. He's a United fan, and he made a comment about how he liked to hire all of that. And I was like, no. I told him then. I was like, you never lift the interim tag. You never do it. You let the interim last through the end of the season repair the damage, whatever, survive, and then you lose him, hire someone else. That's what you always do. If you lift the interim tag, that's the kiss of death. And the moment that they lifted the interim, interim tag, United just started to suck. You know? Uh, what did they do? Uh, <clears throat> obviously got trounced by Barca, but, you know, lost to Wolves. Um Obviously, over the weekend, got thumped by Everton. <laughs> no goals in open play in over like 500 minutes. Yeah. Lost oh. seven of the last nine. Yep. Uh, told- for Manchester United. I mean, it just, the list goes on of things they're not doing well. I, so I texted him before the match, uh, before the, the Manchester Derby. I texted him and I was like, uh, I was like, so, I, you know, are you ready? for for the derby and he was like yeah i don't i don't know i was like well you know who i'm what sort of result i'm hoping for he said well don't get too don't get your hopes up (laughs) and i sent back a screenshot of me saying never lift the interim tag he said i don't think the man i don't think that's that's our problem i think it's something else i was like whatever man you just can't you can't admit that i'm right about it but Mm. anyway city of course that's that's the big talking point they came prepared for the Derby match against United. United looked kind of lifeless, and the moments in which they had life, they completely just pooped it away. Um, they booted it away, and uh, 
just really, really a, a disappointing result in, in that moment, though, that uh, a lot of Liverpool fans were hoping maybe United would do us a favor and keep City out of the title uh, position. But, Andrew, you said earlier that you didn't think that this was um, – you didn't feel that confident that this was the best shot at that happening. If you looked at City's remaining schedule and the, uh, what, three matches they have left, uh, what would have been your pick? as uh, to which one you think is the most likely that they drop points in? Um, I think the smart choice here has got to be Leicester. Last two games, they've lost two of them, I think, or or maybe lost one and tied one. They lost the one um, at the Emirates. So what, they're playing away at Leicester, Mm -hmm. I believe. Uh, That's got to be it. But both of the other matches, they could... They could maybe drop points. I want to believe that they could. It's Burnley and Watford, right? Watford's a decent team. It's Burnley and Brighton. Brighton. Who yeah. mm. <laughs> right now is sucking. Yeah. No. My, my seagulls are looking rough these days. That's They're right. looking like the one that didn't fly away from the like tray of french fries fast enough and got kicked by some fat kid. What a weirdly specific comparison to have made, but all right, I'm into it. Um, I, I just checked. Uh, I know I got it. It just was like weirdly specific that the fat kid was the one who's kicking him. Uh, I just did a little fact check, look it up, and uh, yeah, Leicester won in the league, in the Premier League, two one. Uh, City defeated them in the Carabao Cup on penalty kicks. With mm. a weakened Leicester lineup, no yeah, Vardy. So both that would of, also be a tie. Mm-hmm. In the so exactly. So both of those would, you know, if any either of those repeated, they'd be positive results for us. But uh, so Leicester is your pick, you think? Yeah, gotta be Leicester. Oh, Brendan, you think Brendan will lead <laughs> Liverpool to victory finally? No, I don't <laughs> think he will. But I, I think, I think they might edge out a result here. I love it. Uh, I mean, Alex, what's your assessment there? You think that that's the most likely out of the the three remaining? I think Burnley away is probably the best bet we're gonna have. And I mean, I'm I'm feeling sad now, but I was all I was never really that confident that they would drop points. It was always just a hope that crazy things could happen. Sure, um, but because it's sports, you never yeah, know exactly that happens. Uh, and this kind of felt like the thing where craziest things could have happened just because it's a derby match and the form book goes out the window. No one has ever said that before. So I will be the first to say it. Wow. The form book goes out the window in a derby match, but uh, it doesn't help when one of the teams involved in that derby match is just a pile of turds. Mm -hmm. So that, that did not help us. Um, But I mean, as long as we keep the pressure on them, there's always the hope of something going wrong. All it takes is one mistake one push of 11.78 millimeters across the line for someone else and we get the point that we need and is, yep. and we keep winning if we can keep winning and we do well in the champions league just to show hey we're really good at this game maybe that pressure mounts on them and pep starts to overthink things yeah i mean he's already lost out on the on the quadruple <laughs> um so like no he won the community shield so the quadruple's still on Oh, you're so right. <laughs> the most prestigious of all the quadruple results. Um, so, I mean, you got to think that, yeah, I mean, maybe the added pressure to, like, you know, prove the point there could mean something. Who knows? Um, talk about added pressure, though, real quick. Can we just address how even in the moments that United did stuff well, like how bad Jesse Lingard was? <laughs> and, is that the worst finishing attempt? Like he He's just gave, a boy. Yeah, there was he gave up on like his chance like three times, and the chances kept popping up in the same like in like 10 seconds, maybe. And he so he gave up, tried to recover, messed it up three separate times. <laughs> it's insane. It was have you seen a worse attempt in recent memory that you can think of? Uh, I can't. I mean, no, but that's that's on the forefront of my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to look past that one. Anyway, 
right, Andrew, our chances in terms of Liverpool, what we can control, um, you know, it comes down to we have to go and defeat uh, Huddersfield. You know, we have to finish um, things strong there at the end of the season um, with the matches left that we have, Huddersfield being obviously the very next one. The Champions League hanging in there as well. But let's focus on the Premier League as first at first. Uh, Huddersfield, Newcastle, Wolves. How confident would you be in Liverpool being able to secure all nine points in those uh, matches? Mm. I'm not super confident. I think we'll do it. Wolves, they gave, you know, the top six, they've got problems. Mm-hmm. They'll beat them. Beat Arsenal 3-1 today. Um, that's probably our biggest test there, but I, I think we can easily do it. I mean, this team, it, it's not a coincidence that we're, you know, on pace to be, what, six most points in the league of all time. So nine points between these three teams shouldn't be an issue. It, it's kind of funny how we're, like, almost on the verge of if we – Win the Premier League, Man City slips, and win the Champions League, we're the best team in the world. Like there, There's no other way about that, winning the Premier yep. League and the Champions League. But we could slip. We could lose two games in a row. These next two games are like tie, tie the Premier League, lose Champions League, and it, it all goes away. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, why did you even have to mention that? Yeah, like we could theoretically not lose another game this season and end with zero trophies. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, okay, like let's look at that for just a, a quick second here. Let's look at, um, I, mean, I mean, how the Premier League has shaped up and the fact that Liverpool could be uh, getting a, you know, historically good amount of points and still come in second. I mean, do you think that that is – I know obviously the frustrations came down to that span of time in which there was the lead over City and there were a lot of draws, uh, a lot of drop points. But um, at the end of the day, I mean, it seems just as likely that, I don't know, City doesn't lose four games. Um what, what's your take on uh, – I'm sticking with you on this one, Andrew, and then I want to get Alex's thoughts. But what's your take on, like, okay, I mean, is this just, like, bad – like, unlucky for us that City's doing what they're doing? Or, I mean, do you really think that the responsibility fully lies on the fact that there was that span where, you know, the team just kind of dropped some points? I mean, it's it's a little bit of both. It's unlucky in the way that, you know – Premier League games can go either way. Some of those games, maybe we should have won. Some of them, Man City, maybe could have lost or tied some games. But at the same point, we knew it was going to take this. It, we thought that Man City could come out and you know get 100 points again. Yeah. So we knew that we had to be at this level. So the fact that we are playing at this level and we could still come in second isn't a surprise to me. Um. I'm a little bit surprised that Man City's been able to keep it up, but not too much. I, it's we knew we would have to, you know, win almost every single game. It comes down to you know too many draws. Same thing happened when we came in second in 2008. Um, so we lost two games that year. We still came in second. Can't draw games. It's two points. You might as well lose. Yeah. It uh it was not that long ago, I feel like, that uh uh we were talking about Manchester City looking old and <laughs> like how they needed to make some change. They're like, oh man, could could City like be on the, the tail end of that successful run? And then it turns out, no, never mind. It's they they got the youth they need. Uh Alex, what what are your thoughts then about all of this? I mean, obviously it is kind of right, it seems like a, a blend of of many factors. I mean, that's it'd be dumb to think that there's one particular thing, but what's your take on like could there just have been more done? I mean, obviously, yeah, you don't draw, then you're doing you're doing better there. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything Andrew said. I mean, we knew it was gonna take this, and I don't really think it's that surprising. 
that City is doing this again because, one, they've got a manager who has historically done this with pretty much every team he's managed in almost every season that he's managed. Uh, two, they have one of the largest transfer budgets in the history of the sport, backed by probably skirting the rules, backed by continually benefiting off of slave labor to further that wealth. So, I mean, they were going to continue to be like a third, fourth season manager mode team where you have just broken the game and can sign whoever the hell you want. And so we knew that, that we were playing. That sounds a-, a little bit like an attack on me <laughs> and my recent FIFA tactics, Alex. I don't know how how well I, I that sits with me, man. I'm sorry. I didn't realize you had entered the skirt the FFP rule cheat with your game shark. Did, did you see how many free transfers I got? I did, and I'm still a little shook by it. Yeah, that was obviously a game game shark move. Good call referencing a game shark. But yeah, so like we knew this was going to happen. They have a ridiculous squad, and it does unfortunately like it. On one hand, I hate to turn the blame on ourselves, but it just comes down to the fact that we couldn't build the squad we wanted to build as quickly as we would have liked to. Because when push came to shove, and we had big injuries, and we put in a lot of the bench players or the rotational players, they didn't step up when they needed to, and even some of the the people that were mainline starters didn't step up just because we had a time period where there was a certain 12, 13 players that could play and us be fluid. And when that didn't happen, we struggled. And on top of that, we also didn't catch uh, the luck that we needed. So, I mean, there have been some decisions that have gone City's way that we have not gotten. I mean, just think about the penalty, I think it was against Leicester, where Nabi Keita just got cleared out in the box. Like, it's a blatant penalty, and if we get that, we've got two extra points, and we're ahead right now. And Or you think back to the Watford game, where Sterling is miles off sides and scores, and, and Watford's resistance is broken because their game plan was so predicated on it staying 0-0. And, until, and when that broke, it was game over. So it, it comes down to fine margins, and it comes down to uh, a little, just a little bit of pieces in our squad possibly lacking, but that's that just shows how much of an achievement what we're doing is. We have a squad that isn't as deep as one of the most expensively assembled squads ever in the history of the game. And we're going blow for blow with them. We're 11.78 millimeters away from being two points ahead of them. Like that's how close we are. And we, as long as we can keep the pressure up, anything can happen. So uh, yeah, it just comes down to that, that period. Like you said, it's, and I think that's the the tricky part when it comes down to so much stuff in in sports themselves. I mean, as I mentioned, there's so many factors. Y- yes, at any point in time, I don't know. Uh, Liverpool could have won one of those matches that was a draw, and that's that's points. At any point in time, City could have won one of those matches that was a loss for them, and that's a, a dramatic shift in the way things are going. It's just. So many factors involved, it's hard to really say, oh, well, this one thing had been different. Sometimes that happens where it's like, okay, yes, one massive offsides call is is you know not missed, and that changes things, sure. But there's just too many, there's too many factors involved in in success in general to really try to say, oh yeah, oh my gosh, there's there's one thing uh you know that could have changed everything here. Um Will Caves has just arrived on the recording session. He's just showed up, pulled up, came roaring in in his uh, <laughs> on two wheels on two wheels on his uh, his brand new, uh, you know, beautiful luxury Livermobile uh, SUV Liverpool Livermobile. It's it, yeah, it was a sight to behold. I wish you podcast listeners mm-hmm. could have seen it. Uh, but Will's arrived at the YNTA studios, and he's here to give his hottest takes imaginable on the current state of the league uh will this has just kind of been our recap of the uh the league itself as a whole um period of the episode and i want to hear your thoughts real quick on how you personally actually not real quick elaborate as long as you want to (laughs) on how you personally are feeling because i know you're still feeling fairly positive about uh, the chances going into the final three matches of the season. Tell me, tell us a little bit about your your thought process there. How you're feeling going into those final matches? 
Well, uh, listener, if you will click the link that we're going to tweet out after this, you can access my hundred slide PowerPoint on this subject. <laughs> um, no, it's all right. Regroup in the conference room. <laughs> so, I, I don't know, man. Like, I kind of like I wanted. I'll speak specifically about today's result or yeah. non-result rather for United, <laughs> um, and then kind of move forward. Make a joke about it, Jesse Lingard real quick. He, that dude is 26 and he looks like he's about to turn 17, first of all. And he's, he plays like he's about to turn 17 too. Like I'm, I'm still, I feel like he's on that. You know how like Theo Walcott always had unrealized potential and then suddenly he was 31 and had never realized <laughs> it. it's Jesse Lingard is the same thing. Um, so not to cut you off, but I seriously, I thought Jesse Lingard was like 20. No, he's 26. He, him and Lukaku are the same age. It's, no clue. I yeah. didn't know that. <laughs> That's bizarre. Um, so today's not, I, of course, in a perfect world, United stomp city and we're top of the league. Uh, but of course we can't rely on them to do anything. And, you know, I kind of, Whenever we, however many weeks ago it was, when we start, when we had that string of draws and we kind of lost our points advantage on City, I kind of came to terms with the fact that this was still an outstanding season and that regardless, as long as we didn't the bed in the run-in, we were going to have something to be proud of even if we didn't win the league. I still feel that way. Um, we are already past our highest points total ever um in the you know in the current format we are all and, and we still have three games to go we are on pace to finish with 97 points which i think except for last season would have won the league in any other year uh at the very least nine out of the last 10 years for sure from the from the math i did on a on an episode a few weeks back for sure so i mean like it's hard for me to be upset about that, honestly. Like, yeah. if City wins fourteen games in a row, like, cool. Like, we that's we can't do anything about that, right? Like, yeah. like that that's good on them. They probably deserve it. I would say that we equally deserve it, but it's not how it works. And yeah. you know, it's crazy to think that the champions league is a consolation prize but good lord are we in a good position to win that and that that may be what we're going to talk about later i don't want to go down that rabbit hole but the just the audacity to think from i mean if you think back three four five years ago maybe not five years ago because that was 13 14 but before that how we just were terrible and jay spearing and john joe shelby were our starting midfielders and don't talk bad about John Jones. John was our false nine for a bit. Never forget. That's, that's true. I, Good I, uh, Lord. Okay, never mind. You can talk bad right, about John Jones. Right, right, right. So, I mean, we've come so far. And, like, yeah. um, it's it's such a cool thing to be, like, kind of proud to be a Liverpool fan again. Yeah. That it's, like, I'm, I'm okay with – I hate to say it, but I'm okay with second at this point. If we win, great. If we don't, great. I'm still proud. I will say that this feels different than like 0506 in, in Istanbul felt like a fluke a little bit. Um, 0809 was good, but you kind of knew that like that was our shot. 1314, like that was our shot. And if it, it wasn't probably going to happen again, but this feels a little bit more permanent. Like I feel like we could go get 88 points again next season at least, and it wouldn't surprise anybody. And so, so I like I'm begrudgingly okay with it. Now, I do still think, as I said before, that someone will drop points before the end of the season. I've said that every time we talk about this, and I think Brighton it's going to happen. Brighton will drop points, yes. Uh, but I think what one of City or Liverpool will will still drop points before the end. Yeah, I, and I hope that that is not lost. In all of this, I hope that we can look back on this season and give it the the appropriate amount of credit uh, that it deserves, because it is hard to have any major level of success um, in any level of sport at all. You know, it's hard 
And it's hard to build consistent levels of success. So, so to be able to be consistently improving like Liverpool has been doing under Jurgen Klopp uh, to reach this point right now in which we're, we're performing at a historic level and are kind of just <laughs> having to deal with another team that's also performing at a historic level, you know, uh, that and you know, we also weathered a lot of injuries that City has just not really had to deal with. And I think Alex was talking about that a little bit earlier and how we finally got the depth that we wanted in Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Sheridan Shakiri, you know, and those guys started getting hurt. Um, and so it just was kind of unlucky situations all in all. I hope that we can at, at, at some point in the future here be able to look back and give this season the credit that it deserves because at the end of the day, you know, not everything is about uh, the title itself. That tends to be the ultimate measure of success, obviously. Um, but there is success to be found even when the title itself is not uh, in our hands as frustrating as that may be. And I don't think that I'm going to be able to fully appreciate how good this season was. As soon as the season's over, it's going to take, it's going to take me time. To fill in city have had injuries like Kevin De Bruyne has missed most of the season. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's true. But what That's they true. have yeah. is the wealth to have backups like Bernardo Silva and David Silva and Ilkay Gundogan. Just but when you can replace De Bruyne with David Silva, like is that that's not yeah, really yeah. Like, it, it's, what it, it's okay. incredible what we're doing. Yeah. The fact that That's that true. is a sentence That's that we've true. said and we're competing with them, it's ridiculous. And that's what kind of makes it hurt so much more is that what we're doing is insane and it might not be enough yeah. for, in the league, in the league. I mean, like I, I'm all in on the Champions League as well, but just to have that happening, it, it's it's like, a I don't, I don't know. It's like you you go down – with your head held high because it's been so good and it's been so fun. There's been yeah. unforgettable moments. Like when that Salago went in versus Chelsea, I lost my shit. Yep. Like I'd smash my mm-hmm. hand on my wall because it was such a good goal. And just like the pure emotion of that moment of we're going to do this, we're going to fight to the very end was incredible. But just the it not being in our hands anymore hurts a little bit. It does. Well, and you know what's crazy? You talked about the Salah goal, but I'll like we have had so much junk go in our favor that normally wouldn't have gone. Like, you know, how many seasons have we gone where like we're the ones that get the crap penalties called against us, and we're the ones that that uh, I think it was uh, what's the center back name for Cardiff Morrison? Was that his name that that missed from two yards out? on the on this header like that doesn't happen to liverpool like that that he scores he scores that nine times out of ten against us any other season but it just has to happen and so there's little things like that that are happening that would make you think that like okay it's written in the stars to an extent but we just can't get rid of city and it's just super annoying like i think you're right i think it'll take some time to get over but uh it's it just feels really good at the same time even though i know it's probably increasingly that door is shutting more and more. It's frustrating because when you thought you would have a team that's playing this well, when you thought in the future thinking we're going to have a team that's competing under Klopp, we're going to be great year after year. You thought like, you know, this has got to be it. You're scoring possibly 97 points in the league. Like this has got to be the year that you win it. And the fact that you're not, because there's another team is just like, it's like, are we, are we going to get over this hump? Are we going to get over this hurdle? Right. I kind <laughs> of feel and, and, and is it going to be like, if, if we do as much as we've done and it's still not enough, like what could be the long-term effect on, on the team in that regard? You know what I mean? Like, could that be like the team saying, Oh, well that was our chance and we still couldn't quite do it. We can't replicate what we had done. I do think this is a team that can and will replicate these sort of results because Klopp has built the team he wants, the style that he wants to play with the personnel that he wants. Um, you know, and we can only buy more depth players and better depth players to build on that from here on out. Uh, but you do have to wonder a little bit about that line and say, hey, you know, I don't know what is the long term result of, oh, so, close but no cigar, <laughs> you know. <laughs> There is kind of that fear lingering in the back of the the mind just a little bit, and like his 
in recent history, I guess, relatively recent, uh, there's been teams that have been in similar positions to us that have also fallen short and not fully bounced back from that. So it, 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 there's always that worry, but at the same time, I feel like we're having more fun than they were. So like the great Neverkusen side of, I think, 01, 02, where they were in the German Cup final, they were about to win the league and in the Champions League final, and they lost all three in like two weeks. Or like Benfica, what was it, a couple years ago, where it's a similar situation, but in the Europa League final, lost all those in a span of two weeks. And they're, they're not really back to where they were at that level since then. I, this feels completely different, but there is that worry that something so crushing could really set everyone back emotionally. But lucky for us, we've been so emotionally scarred for the past 10, 15 years that we're ready for it. I will say that this feels a little like this isn't like the Gerard slip of 13, 14, right? Like that was like soul crushing. This is like, okay, we are going to, we are going to like test, take city to the limit and really push them. And if we don't do it, we, we don't really have anything to be ashamed of. Like there's not a point in this season where I can look back and say like, that's where we lost it. That's where, this is where it happened. This is where, you know, we, we bottled it, whatever. Like you can't say Liverpool bottled this league because we finished with 97 points. Like, right. And, and so, like, to, to an extent, like, that psychologically will affect the players, yes. But I feel like it will drive them forward more than, like, make them apprehensive. I mean, we would hope. <laughs> we would hope, yeah. I mean. We would hope for sure. I mean, it's just. I, I will say that, like, if you finish second on this kind of season, like, what is the owner's reaction? Because I think that'll tell a lot as well. Like, does Henry go yeah. out and buy Messi? In the summer, you know, like, like, how bad does he want it? I think we know right now that uh, Henry's reaction is going to be, "Oh, that's right, I forgot about that team. My bad. <laughs> I, need to, I need to check in on them again. I need to go to one of those matches, I guess." Well, we haven't really hit on. I mean, several. We haven't even like actually talked about the Cardiff match, for example, <laughs> or, or the Porto a- match, or the Chelsea match, or the Porto match. Yeah, and it, well, that's, no, we talked about Chelsea last time around. We pretty sure we did. I don't know. Anyway, but we have a lot to discuss. I think what we really need to discuss right now, though, is the importance, the magnitude of the legendary and massively immediate immediate impact of Virgil van Dijk. Virgil van Dijk, of course, the word going around right now is that he is expected to be named uh, the player of the year for um, the the EPL. Um, I almost called it something else for just a second because I was looking up something uh, and <laughs> got distracted. But Virgil is expected to be named the player of the year. Massive, massive um commendation for him and obviously a uh a, a lot of credit to his impact that the I don't the league itself is noticing how impactful he has been. Um let's talk a little bit about I mean what he's meant to the team. Alex right now uh his impact have you ever seen anything quite like it? No. I I've I've never seen anything so immediate and so huge. Like there have been players that have become essential to their team, um, but never this quickly. And they've, they've never had that impact across everyone. He's, he changed that attitude of everyone in the team. And it, it's, I, I still can't believe that he's ours. I still can't believe how good he is. I still can't believe everything that he's done. And he hasn't been dribbled past in over a year. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. Like, that's, <laughs> it's, it's that's absurd. Stupid. It's the dumbest thing I think I've ever heard. That that stat is just unbelievable. Uh, Andrew, how about the fact that we're talking about a defender being named Player of the Year? Um, I mean, how Im- how important is it in a in a sport in which? Well, I mean, any sport offense gets all the headlines. Uh, but a guy like that is able to be so impactful and uh, to his team and to the league that uh, he's able to win an accolade um, in a often very glamorless position. I mean, he comes with a glamour. 
look at those waves in his hair. <laughs> they are gorgeous, one, man. Um, no, but for real, I, it's it's incredible to see a defender win it. It's happened before, so it's not sure. like the only time. Sure. Didn't John Terry win it a couple years ago? Yeah, this isn't the Heisman Trophy. It's not just a. It's, it's not it's a not joke of an award. Yeah, it's not a joke of an award. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the the impact was insane. Do you remember how many goals we were letting up <laughs> like under Rodgers? Four hundred. Per game. Yeah, and and then we we were still giving up almost as many goals under Klopp for a little bit there, and then Verge comes in and he is a tower. He he just doesn't do anything wrong. The the one time he has done anything wrong. They didn't score. I mean, he he did have that that bad pass back, and um, it was fine. So let's act like he hasn't done anything wrong since he joined. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, he hasn't. Uh, you know, I refuse to recall the moment that you are talking about right now. It's not. It's gone. I don't remember it. Don't remember it all. Will, this would be if the, the rumors are to believe, be believed, and uh, it looks like every major news outlet um, in, in England is reporting this news. Um, but this would be a back-to-back year that a Liverpool player wins this award with Mohamed Salah winning last year as well. Uh, you were talking about the continual success of the team, the franchise being, uh, you know, not at not like repairing damage anymore. We are a consistently successful team right now. Uh, how important is it to have these individual accolades um, as well? Even if maybe like you know second place is the best that they accomplish this year. How important are these individual accolades in the legacy of how this team will be remembered? Well, I think you know this just kind of cements what the sentiment that everybody else already feels like like sterling other there are other players in the league that have had stellar years right like in any other season sterling probably would win bernardo silva probably would win maybe even mo again if he repeats his the golden boot winner maybe would win again you know there are other players that are just as deserving um but this really cements van dyke's legacy he's not when he when we bought him for 75 million, everybody's like, Oh, what the heck mm-hmm. is going on? Like, what is the, this is absurd. And I feel like we may be paid 30% of what he's actually worth. Like the, it seems like a steal at this point, which sounds crazy for that amount. But like, I would pay if you knew that he was this good, like 120 million is not, is not too much money. 150 million, maybe even, it isn't too much money for the impact that he's had. I mean, we we turned we went from a laughing stock to an ironclad defense in really overnight. The addition of Allison was the cherry on top rather than the the you know the or the, sorry, the addition of you was was really the cherry on top. <laughs> thank you. Than, I, thank uh, you yeah. for giving me credit. Right, right, right. Well, you know, it's that was good, but Van Dyke is the key to it all. And the fact that he's been able, he's missed like what, like one game due to injury or something. Like he's never injured. He's never like, he doesn't get cards. He's not like a dirty Ramos player. He's not a, he just is, it, he is utterly deserving of this. And I think when we look back on this season, it's really easy to forget who comes into second place, but we'll remember, you know, the people that got us here. And he's the one of the main reasons that we're even in the conversation. I really do hope that uh, that history is as kind to this team as it should be if second place is where they end up because it could be very, very easy um, for, uh, I don't know, for second place non-champions to kind of get overlooked 10, 15 years from now. Um, and I really hope that this team does not get overlooked. Uh, I know Liverpool fans will hold on to them for sure, um, but I'm hoping that uh, – the league as it's as a whole that that history when we look back on it will will be as kind as it needs to be um let's go ahead i I feel like we can kind of forego because we talked about a lot of the big picture stuff we can kind of forego some of the details of the past um few matches that uh maybe have not been covered on a podcast so far in particular the cardiff match that just happened was uh maybe uh pretty clinical um in a lot of ways 
it, it was uh, and then we got to see James Milner. Andrew, talk about James Milner real quick and his his penalty uh, scoring. I mean, once again, it's just what he does. He's automatic. Talk about that penalty and his celebration. I want to hear your thoughts on your man, JM7. I don't just want to talk about the penalty and the celebration. I'll start with the penalty and celebration. Okay, fair enough. My so, bad. So, of course, he scores a penalty. Like, that's a given. Wh- has he ever missed one in his entire life ever? No. Um, <laughs> the celebration, it was fun. It was classic Milner humor. It was, you know, just being an old guy into normal white stuff. That's his thing, and it's great. Now, let's talk about Milner coming on. Well, first, Fabinho comes off, right? (laughs) Good move by the team. Could have had a concussion. Who knows? Let's not even take a chance. Let's put on the best player in the world. Bring in (laughs) JM7. Everything changed. Everything changed. Completely different team, scoring goals, doing celebrations, getting penalties. It was just amazing. Have you ever seen – I mean, we just raved for a while about Virgil van Dyke, but have you ever seen a more impactful player than JM7? No. Comes off the bench. He starts games. He just having him he does around. What he, wants. he does whatever yeah. he wants at this point. This team is his and his alone. Why not? Why not? It's unbelievable. <laughs> all right. Uh, all that being said, I mean, it's it's another victory in the league. Um, as of right now, uh, the last five matches, including the two Champions League matches, um, which is what you always see whenever you look at a team's form and all that nonsense, uh, all victories for Liverpool, all defeats for Huddersfield. Um, they are coming off of a... 2-1 loss to Watford, 4-0 to Tottenham, 4-1 to Leicester, 2-0 to Palace, and 4-3 loss to the worst team to have ever existed, West Ham United. Huddersfield right now is trash. They're at the bottom of the barrel, and they are Liverpool's next opponent. All right, do you have any nerves about this one, Alex? Do you have any fear about this being a match that gets overlooked because Liverpool's too focused on Barca or Newcastle or whatever may be going on? No, they suck. Our players are up for it. We're going to crush them. I like that. <laughs> Quick, succinct, like to the point. I love it. Well done. Gold star for that one, Alex. Yes. Gold star tonight. I mean, along with that, yeah. Barca is the next match afterwards coming up on May 1st. We may or may not be able to sit down and have a a, uh, recording session between now and then, so we want to touch on that um, as well. Will that matchup, Barcelona and Liverpool, two of the biggest brands in the sport, two worldwide uh, clubs that get followed by millions all across the globe, that's going to surely be a massive ratings draw. Um, but let's talk about the the football itself that we will end up seeing in that match. Um, do you think that Liverpool and Barcelona is, uh, or do you think that Barcelona is a, a good matchup for Liverpool? Do you think that Liverpool can handle um, what many people often consider to be, oh my gosh, Barcelona, they've got to be the best club in the world because of like what they did for several years and not necessarily do right now? Uh- <laughs> I Barcelona is kind of weak at the back. I feel I haven't watched them a ton this season, but you don't really hear about like ever since Puyol l- retired a few years back. You, I feel like they've kind of struggled to replace their defensive presence. Um, Ter Stegen is great, but there's nothing like Liverpool in La Liga. There's nothing like Liverpool in the Champions League that they've played. I think Virgil will not will continue to not get dribbled past by Messi and co. Um, you know, you asked if we'll see the game. I, I do hope we actually get to see it on TNT <laughs> rather than on BR Live. Uh, surely, surely they are smart enough to know. I don't know. Actually, it might be good from a marketing standpoint to put it on the obscure BR Live mm-hmm. and force people, because they know people are going to want to watch, mm-hmm. force people to pay the money to do that. That might be what they do. Well, I look forward to pirating it. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. But in any case, the... I don't 
maybe this sounds overconfident, but because we're pushing so hard in the league, like I haven't given much mental energy to the champions league. I just like, I feel like we're going to win the whole thing. Like, and I know that's like, Oh, it's just the champions league. Like that seems really nonchalant, but like Barcelona doesn't scare me really. Like Suarez is kind of old. Coutinho is going to suck. Hendo's going to agger Coutinho, agger elbow Coutinho really early on. And it's going to be great. Uh, I texted this to everybody the other day, but I love when like one player gets booed by the home fans and Coutinho is going to get roasted and it's going to be fantastic. And, and uh, I, I don't know. I just like, other than Messi Suarez, like I know Dembele is good. I think, is he hurt again? Yeah. He's hurt. hurt. And he's fine. Like Coutinho, like that, they're good. Like, not certainly can't take anything away from them. They're they're this far in the Champions League so for a reason. But like, I don't know. I just I feel like we're just we're too much for anybody right now. I feel like they they can't handle our front our front six. I like your uh, your optimism. There's there's a part of seeing the Barcelona name up there that I feel like can be a little bit intimidating just because of what they have been in recent memory. Um, But right now, I mean, why not consider Liverpool in the same discussions in terms of being? I think they are. I mean, I think they are. This team, like, I mean, most, I'm trying to think there was anybody on the team that didn't play. Okay. Allison for sure. And my tip is assuming he's still starting by the, by the, well, he'll start the, Barcelona game. This team, this entire starting lineup played in the Champions League final. Like, I feel like intimidation isn't really a thing. Like, they're not going to be like, oh, it's Barcelona because they played in Kiev, right? Like, it's not, there's nothing that's more intimidating than playing in the Champions League final. I feel like. Yeah. And there's a part of me that even wonders if we, uh, if Liverpool has, because of what Liverpool has done in Europe, um, has just like, if Liverpool draws more, um, or intimidates other teams a little bit more in the European play than they do in the Premier League because of the fact that, you know, haven't won a Premier League title since it became the Premier League, but been dominating in Europe over the past 25, 30 years. You know, I wonder if there's an aspect of that, uh, that maybe Liverpool has more continental respect than domestic respect sometimes. We're we're good enough to where they're going to have to adjust their game plan, not the mm-hmm. other way around. I love that. We, I love that. we, they're, they're less Barcelona than they've ever been, mm-hmm. and their main, they're still, but still, their main attacking threat. Uh, well, it's two kind of things. It's one, we know exactly what they're going to do. They're more messy reliant than they've ever been since he came through the youth academy, which is a good thing. The bad thing is he's Lionel Messi, so <laughs> we know what they're going to do. But stopping him is another matter. The second part is they're best way to attack is to send Jordi Alba forward and have Messi find him with some ridiculous pass. So that will be a huge matchup with Alba and Trent because that will be the battle where they're trying to create space for crosses and pullbacks. That being said, Mohamed Salah is good enough to where yes, Jordi Alba is fast, but Mohamed Salah is faster. And you can't keep giving Salah space, especially when they've been missing their first choice par- partner with PK Samuel Mtiti for a while for, with injury. They've got uh, Clement Longley back there, who is good. He scored this weekend, but he's not as good as Mtiti, and he's definitely not as good as someone like Puyol. So yeah. we they, yeah. they don't want to have a three-on-three matchup. I, I'm so glad you said Longley. I'm so glad you said Longley out loud because I was straight up about to call him Linglet. Linglet, uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> How old is PK at this point? I think he is 32. Okay, all right. I always, I always want to say, same. right? He's, I have the, he has the opposite Lingard effect, in which I always want to assume that PK is like 48 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I do want to say, I, I'm so glad that we're having a chance to mention Puyo as often as we are. Because my goodness, that man was something else to watch. He was great. Oh my gosh. Like, I just don't remember what a unique player in so many different facets. Like, we could, we could do, we could structure an entire like secondary, like off topic episode, I think, entirely upon him 
and and like unique players like him. I think we need to do that at mm-hmm. some point mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, and in addition to that, like they're they're not going to be able to play Sergio Roberto at right back like they like to do. Who has that Barca DNA? Who likes to combine? Who likes to get forward? They'll have to play the more defensively minded Semedo, I think, to counter for Mane because just as much as Salah is a threat on the right, is Mane on the left, yeah. which is amazing. I would say more right now. I think yeah. in the Champions League, especially. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, plus, I mean, Sergio Biscuits has not been as crisp as he was back in the day. He's been left out in the sun a little too long. And it's getting a little squishy. So, I mean, full unleashed Nabby could absolutely destroy him, I think. Sure. Full unleashed I, and, Hendo, too. And that, yeah, full unleashed Hendo as well. But those, one of those two on him and around him, like he's a great player, perhaps one of the best ever in that role. But He's not what he was, and he's in for a rude awakening with the type of pressure he's going to face. Because you're right, there is no one in La Liga like Liverpool. There are good teams. There are teams that will work hard, but not with the same intensity and not with the same caliber of player in the same role. So I like our matchups. I mean, they, they have classy operators, but we have just as classy operators in a lot of positions. So oh, yeah. Have nothing to be scared of. If do, not, we play, do we play away or at home first? I believe we play away first, but I want to confirm that. I'm trying to look it up, but that is uh, – there it is. Yes, it is away first. Yeah. Um, it's always – that's the one thing. Look, we got to give a little bit of credit to our to the greatest soccer website in the world, <laughs> ESPNFC.com. Uh, our sponsor on the podcast, who we always go to for all statistics – they have actually gotten a little bit easier to navigate over the years uh, than when we first started this podcast. However, they still refuse to list in a clear uh, place on the webpage where a match is being held. They will give the date. They'll give the time. They'll give like the current form of the two teams. They give all the top scores, most assists. They have the Premier League table off to the side, head-to-head record, all this. You have to scroll all the way down to the bottom just to find venue, written like <laughs> in like subtext off to the side. It's terrible. So anyway, yeah, it's a way first. How does that make y'all feel? I like it. I, I love it. I, I love, love everything about first. I love ESPN FC. Oh, you meant away first. My bad. My bad. I, I really don't like ever since we went to Bayern and just like owned them at the Allianz. Like that was, that was really the, the stamp that we put on the champions league this season. I feel like, and it kind of went understated, but we destroyed them at the Allianz. And I feel like home or away doesn't really matter at this point, except to Jeannie. <laughs> That's true. Who might not be starting in that match anyway? Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I'm I partial to playing home second, especially with the run-in we have in terms of the league. And when that match would fall, when the home leg would fall, it could very, very well be just a fervor of Anfield for those last two, three weeks, and that we need. Like just seeing that could be immensely intimidating to Barcelona. I mean, they don't ever deal with away fans because they stick them up in the upper corner and give them like 2,000 seats at most. So let's give them an atmosphere. Agreed. Absolutely. The poop in their pants will show well in those mm-hmm. pink and or highlighter yellow jerseys. They wear. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. That just reminded me. Gentlemen, we need to do a couple of crest exams. <laughs> I think we need to do a couple of crest exams. We haven't done those in a while. We especially have not done one for Barcelona. Uh, let's start with Huddersfield right now. Um, talk about that crest just a little bit. Of course, the Huddersfield crest is, uh, well, there's a there's a classic English crest look there just is like english crests tend to follow a particular like shield design um let's not even get into barcelona yet but (laughs) you know they got that typical shield design with like uh you know uh, mirror images of some animals posing around what's probably a tower or whatever and then a banner with a motto huddersfield's got that classic uh english shield logo 
let's talk about it just a little bit. Alex, I'll start with you. We'll run down the line. Of course, our rating system, because we haven't done this in several <laughs> weeks, our rating system goes from crap crest to meh crest to best crest. Alex, what's your assessment of Huddersfield, first and foremost? So this is an interesting one because they've kind of changed it a little bit. They have their crest, which I think would be a meh crest because of the crappy clip art fade to black that's on the outer edge, uh, which I think looks kind of dumb and ruins the crest. But this year with their jerseys, it's just been like a weird dog triangle. They, they haven't really included the crest on the kit, and it makes it look like it's not finished yet. It looks like a knockoff kit, and therefore I think their current crest on what they've been wearing is a crap crest. Interesting take. Interesting take. I would also add that the current stars on the crest, three stars at the top, also look very cheaply animated. <laughs> it looks like bad. It looks like like you plug it into uh, one of those websites where like you you put in a, somebody's face and they put it on an elf around Christmas time. It looks <laughs> like it was generated by one of those. Uh, Andrew, what's your take on the Huddersfield crest? I want to really love it because it's got a little doggy on there. <laughs> uh, it's hard to. I don't. The current one, meh, because it's still got a dog. Now, the old one was just a big. It was just a dog with a soccer ball. That's really cool. Like, <laughs> if it was just a dog with a soccer ball, great. I'm all about it. But adding all this, like, like y'all were saying, it looks like someone made it in like clip art or something. Like it, it's just not well made. It, it looks dumb, but also it's got a little dog on there. <laughs> yeah, they they are nicknamed the Terriers, of course. Um, so that plays a lot into uh, uh, what shows up on the on the whole crest. Will, what's your take? I like dogs. I like coats of arms. Mm-hmm but I don't like this dog in this coat of arms. <laughs> um, I'm going to say worst, cre- bad crest, whatever. Crap crest. Crap crest. Crap crest. Uh, I'm going to say crap as well because I think that along with what Andrew was saying, they need to go back to get away from the inspired by like the city of Huddersfield crest or, or coat of arms. Get away from that. Go back to a more simplistic Here's a dog. He's got his paw up on a ball. He's a terrier. He's just being a pimp. I'm all <laughs> about that. Go back to something like that. Mm-hmm. They've got one version of it that honestly looks like something. It looks like a take on like one of the Milan crests, but then with like with the dog with his paw resting on the ball. Go back to that. Make a more modern version of that and do that, Huddersfield. Trust me on this. I totally know what I'm saying. When it comes to design. All right. How about Barca? Let's go ahead and just talk a little bit about Barcelona's crest. Another one of those uh, classic English crests (laughs) there in Barcelona. Um, It's got, of course, the very recognizable shield shape with the St. George's cross, um, the patron saint of Catalonia. Um, The colors of the club in in stripes, the, the Catalonian flag, the Catalan flag on there as well. What's your rating on this one, Alex? Uh, it's absolutely a best crest. It's historic. It's got the meanings. Yeah, yeah, the meanings. Uh, it's got, I mean, it, it's got all the meanings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting late. I'm running out of juice. Uh, but I mean, it's got it, this symbolism. It, it mixes it, a clash of clans, meeting of the minds. Uh, but I will caveat that in saying Did you just I, reference Clash of Clans absolutely. like the app game, the most yes. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I, I'm tempted to take away your gold star from earlier, but instead, you know what? You deserve a double down. I'm gonna give you another gold star for that. Just as long as it's not one of the stars from the Huddersfield crest, I find but I, I I will caveat it in saying that it is a best crest, but it's also a crap crest because what they have become in the past few years is a disgrace to what they have been, and they don't deserve any rating of best. Wow. 
That turned oh, real strong. <laughs> Good Lord. Andrew, what you got? Give me something to work with here. I'm going to go the extreme opposite. While I understand Alex's point, it's historic, whatever, it's boring as shit. It does nothing for me. It's just a little like, like put something cool on there, like a dragon or a terrier. Put a dog on dog on there. Do something cool. Like you just, you just got some lines and some flags and like a little old soccer ball. It's not even like it. You know, it's not even cool. Like make it like a new soccer ball, like a like a Nike soccer ball or something. I don't know. You're sponsored by. I'm like, do something to it. Make it fun. Crap crest, boring as shit. <laughs> I never would have expected this would be the point in the podcast that would have the most, like, like the strongest opinions, the most profanity. I love it. This is the this is why mm-hmm. we make yeah, listen this, this Bar- awful podcast to begin with. <laughs> Barcelona can buy all our players, but they cannot buy our respect. It's it's <laughs> terrible. Will, I take it that's a crap crest for me. Crap, crap <laughs> crest. Worst, worst crest. Worse I'm, than Huddersfield. But guys, it has all the meanings. You're not all seeing those? I actually don't. I, for real, I don't like it. It's it's just kind of whatever. Like, it doesn't fit the club stature at all to me. It's just kind of whatever. Yeah, it, it has been largely untouched since the 1910s. Yeah, when they when they finally secede from Spain, they need to leave that in Spain. Mm-hmm. A new one. The the major changes that have happened since the 1910s were the color of the soccer ball that are on it. And in uh, the 40s through the 60s, up until 1974, they switched the lettering around. So instead of FCB, it went to CFB. College um, football, baby. College football. <laughs> <laughs> All the meanings. SEC. that being said like i think the only positives it has for it are the historicity um the meaning okay yes it's got the saint george's cross okay it's got the flag of catalonia on it it's got the club colors whatever at the end of the day it is a graphic design nightmare um it is just a jumbled mess of color schemes and patterns it's like pick one or maybe two flags to be represented on there. Don't put all three, you amateurs. I'm also going to go crap crest for Barcelona. Mm. Um, and I think that uh, they just they could do better <laughs> when they succeed. They should get in the <laughs> Oh, good Lord. All right. I'm not going to make you guys think too hard about this and come up with a massive amount of uh, details. For both matches, let's only do a scoreline prediction for the Huddersfield match and wrap up this podcast for the benefit of our listeners who no doubt by now are asleep. Alex, start us off. I mean, they suck. Let's be real. They're so bad. They suck. <laughs> this three is going to be three victories. bad. Three victories, five draws, 27 defeats. Two, <laughs> six of their 14 points have come against Wolves somehow. Which I don't understand at all. It's because wolves are what we were yeah. like two years ago. Oh, we're gonna do awesome against like the top six, and then we're gonna be terrible against the bottom. If not for wolves, they would be the worst team ever in yeah. the Premier League. So th- I feel like they owe wolves at least like a Tiff's treats or something. So send them one of those. Um, send them a carrier. Just send him a brand new pet terrier. <laughs> send him a new crest, idiots. <laughs> um, but I mean, this is going to be a cakewalk. This would be a perfect time to just trounce somebody. We haven't really done that in the league, but this would be a perfect time to do it. I'm going big. I'm going 11 nil. Every starting player gets a goal. <laughs> Andrew, oh. try to top that. 11 nil. <laughs> You took the words right out of my mouth. Um, yeah, historically bad team giving Derby a run for their money. 
Uh, <laughs> we are historically good. I'm going to say we are going to win uh, one to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we all know how this goes. Absolutely we do. Will, what do you have? Uh, <laughs> completely agree with Andrew at the rate that this is going. Uh, just south, just like our podcast. Uh, the... What are you talking about? This is the greatest episode. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and call it. This is going to be the episode that gets us the most downloads of any episode. This episode will win us the title. They're going to look at it and be like, that's a two hour long podcast. Fuck this. <laughs> I'm so uninterested in this nonsense. Uh, two, two nil. Let's do it. I love it. I love it. I'm going to I'm going to just follow the logical conclusion to Alex's train of thought. 33-0. Every <laughs> starter gets a hat trick. <laughs> That's it. It's going to happen. Oh, this should be by all accounts a comfortable victory, so naturally it'll be terrible. Um, it'll be terrible and it'll be won in the last 5 minutes of the match. That's just how these things are supposed to go. Woo! All right, that is it. We just went all across the board, but I'm not going to lie, gentlemen. I am glad that I went on this journey with the three of you. This has been You'll Never Talk Alone. I'm your friend, Joseph Craven. Alex, as always, thank you for being our resident scout slash tactician. You're welcome. Will, as always, thank you for being our resident ray of shining hope you're welcome and you're beautiful oh look at this guy going above and beyond but you're not taking one of alex's gold stars (laughs) sorry man i'm all out i'm all out and andrew as always thank you for signing us off of the podcast go ahead and do that right now how do i do that is there a button i need to click somewhere (laughs) 